just turns into incestuous lesbians. It's what? fucking weird, dude. It's November 8th, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 168, and telling the truth while crossing my fingers. I'm Abel Kirby. And smashing space rocks, I'm Cold Acid. We're back again on Wednesday. Um, this has been a fantastic yeah, yeah. week. I can't believe the news. It's absolutely just unbelievable. Everything that's happened. unbelievable. Yeah, everything that's happened since Sunday. Uh, it's just all... Uh, I can't even talk about it. I'm still so shocked by it. So we're going to have to make do with what's in the notes. Um, I heard a pop. Was that a... Haritos! Si, si, senor! Aha! Fantastic. It's lime today. Okay. Now, I've got yeah. something a little bit different. I've got a cider, but it's not of the alcoholic variety. It's actually just apple cider, and I'm getting in the... Is it heated? It is not heated. It's cold. In fact, it's in this uh, plastic jug. Mm. This time of year, it should be heated. I know, mulled cider. Well, this is pretty good. I've, I've always had a, a taste for the cold cider. Cold cider, cold eggnog. That's my, that's my uh, jam. Cold eggnog is the only way to drink eggnog. Some people heat it up. Did you know that? And they try to put nutmeg in it. They're sick. They're sick and perverted people. You hear that? No, <laughs> what you do is you take, you put the eggnog in a tall glass, right? You sprinkle a little bit of spice on top, right? And that's how you drink it. Some people, okay, yeah, you can put it in an ice cube if you want. That's kind of weird, but I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna like nag on people for it. But hot eggnog, that is just a fucking travesty. That is a crime against humanity, man. That is... You hear that, Mom? That's unacceptable. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Unacceptable. I have um, some semi-festive news. I, I, I don't know how deep we want to go into this, but we had a return of a, of a truck we discussed once before. Um, we had discussed this... Um, trip from Ghana all the way to London some months ago. Uh, do you remember that where they actually drove a, a truck? It was a Ford Raptor and a couple other different vehicles. And they drove it, you know, this ridiculous length all the way up the coast of Africa to, um, I think they went over to Spain and then made their way up to England through France, I believe. Anyway, um, these trucks made a reappearance. I saw them in the news again, um, but it wasn't from them. They were just in a parade. And the story was actually from Ghana about a guy walking backwards. Walking backwards. He was walking backwards, and this makes the news. So, um, this was the, oh, I want to get the, uh, the name of it right. It's like the Science and Math Championship. Uh, I think it's at a local high school or college. And it's a contest where they have different people competing. Uh, it, I suppose it's a quiz of sorts. Uh, some kind of competitive you know, uh, demonstration of your knowledge. Anyway, there was some, and it's hard to get the details. It's all very local, local story. But there was a guy named John DeMelo who made a wager uh, that if a, a certain outcome happened, I think it was if a, a friend of his won or lost or something like that. He said, well, if, the, if you win, then I will walk backwards and give you eight crates of eggs. <laughs> and so anyway, this apparently became news in, uh, in Ghana. And 
when the outcome was such that he had to pay his, uh, he, he lost the bet. And so they had this whole media thing where he's walking backwards um, for kilometers from Avaswaso to Persec. And I don't know where those cities are. I, they're apparently walking backwards distance. But he uh, had a whole parade. There's everyone's out on the street waving to him as he goes by. Actually, it looked pretty awesome. Walking backwards uh, all the way. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't see stuff like that here. Here, people would try and weasel their way out. And there's a, you know, this is making me making between this the the and the hundred thousand kilometer expedition or ten thousand kilometer yeah. expedition. You know, these guys are really these guys are really showing up uh, the rest of the world. I think in how to how to be cool you know cool dudes this this cool dude oh i didn't mention the best part he was barefoot he walked backwards barefoot to deliver eight crates of eggs from his own farm to the uh students who won so there you go that, yeah that is pretty awesome feel good story that was from the voice of ghana now that this i think is a serious news outlet the other the other news items that were up there were a rat fight set to music <laughs> And uh, some some local politician talking. So uh, I guess that shows you the caliber of this uh, news organization. I'll tell you what, it's a visual thing. We can't do it on the podcast. But if you have time, go look at that rat fight by the posted by the Voice of Ghana. It's a fantastic Voice video. Voice of Ghana. Voice of Ghana. Anyway, maybe I'll get a link for the show notes when we do post production. I got to show you that the rat fight. Oh, yeah, man. you you're gonna have to show me this, man. I got rodent news. I got other rodent news. This otter attack. Funny, I don't have any rodent news uh, this week. There has not been a reprise of the mouse. Oh no. But well, I mean, that's a that's a good thing, right? That, I mean, <laughs> not having not having another mouse having like broken into my house. On the other hand, it it means that there's less amusement for me of like watching live action Tom and Jerry. Hmm. Now, otters are mammals, but they're not rodents. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're rodents. No. Okay. So, I think they're. I think they're closer to dogs, like yeah. seals are. Um. Yeah. Wolverines, mink, and badgers. Weasels. Yeah, that sounds about right. They're very weasel-looking, badger-looking things. Anyway, there was an um, otter attack. Yeah, they're mustelids, and mustelids are carnivores. Yes. Um, do you want to hear this otter attack news? I got clips. Yes. All right. So we're going to start off with otter attack one. Actually, I have an intro clip I want to play first. I think this is just to set the tone here. It is by far the most terrifying experience I've ever had in my life. Nothing even comes close to it. Absolutely terrifying. And that was the victim, uh, Matt Leffers, who uh, got attacked by otters. Two otters, actually. And here's the report, part one of three. Attacked by otters. Matt Leffers has been swimming in serene lakes for 30 years, but nothing could have prepared him for what happened in the water on September 3rd. I was about 100 to 120 feet out right there. That's when Matt felt something bite his leg. And within a, a seconds, I was bit again. And then I started swimming fast, but there was the otter popped up right in front of me. 
and uh, then I was bit again. Again. Uh, also, listen, again. To, listen to this guy's lisp. Matt says two otters viciously attacked him. His wife eventually used a paddleboard to get him to shore and took him to the hospital, but the damage was done. Photos showing the bloody aftermath. Matt says the otters bit him at least a dozen times and left him with 40 puncture wounds. Jeez. These things. Oh, sorry. I didn't want to keep going. The uh, That was part one. It, I didn't catch this when I first watched this uh, this story. This was reported by NBC. the The presenter has a lisp, and if you listen carefully, he's attacked by otters in the first otters. Otters in the first. It was terrifying. Attacked by otters. Did you hear it? Yeah, just just <laughs> slightly. So I, it, it's not it's not like a full on full on Sylvester the cat sort of uh sort of thing. It's I can't unhear it when I was clipping it earlier today. It was uh, pretty pretty fantastic. No Spencer Tracy's. <laughs> this is uh part 2. These things were so aggressive. They literally, I felt like they wanted to kill me. But this is not the first time this has happened. KCRA 3 has confirmed that otters also attacked someone at Serene Lakes in July. I think the fact that that I'm the second person attacked here this summer, uh, it's, it's a big red flag. The California Department of Fish and Wildlife tells us they're aware of the otter issue here at Serene Lakes and other bodies of water, but they say there's not much they can do. Nature is not a theme park, right? I mean, nope, it's not a theme park, guys. No, it's not a theme park, guys. Well, I mean, yeah, generally attempts to make it a theme park go quite poorly. Just look at uh, just look at what InGen tried doing on Isla Nubar, right? Just just look at what happened with Jurassic Park. And there are and that's what that's exactly what I just said. I'm repeating real risks that you have to be mindful of. Okay. Um... <laughs> Okay, uh, here's part three. I think this one ends with some punch. Uh, I, I really, it's a terrifying note they end this on. So let's listen to part three. PCRE 3 obtained a letter Fish and Wildlife sent to the Serene Lakes community in late September saying the abundance of fish in the lake is a likely cause for otter presence and behavior. Okay, yeah, this was stupid. The fish and wildlife guys say, well, you know, there's fish in the lake. Uh, there's also water there. And you know what otters like? Fish and water. What? Yeah, Wait, well, what is this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what if there's of... a lot of fish, though, more than usual, maybe that's making the otters go a little, you know, uh, blood mad. <laughs> They're dire otters, though. Dire otter. <laughs> no, listen. Listen to what this guy suggests. This is the what they suggest we do to uh, to deter the otters. So what's the solution? Officials are asking residents to limit fish stocking in the non-swimming section of the lake. What? So how does, you know, if you stock fish in the lake, the fish can swim to other parts of the lake, right? Yeah. And then they're saying, they're saying don't stock the areas that aren't swimming. Hold on. Play that again. Okay. I'm going to rewind it slightly and we'll listen to it again. To limit fish stocking in the non-swimming section of the lake. Yeah, limit fish stocking in the non-swimming section of the lake. So first, do residents stock fish? Maybe. Uh, up here where we have stocked lakes, it's usually done by Ministry of Natural Resources. Yeah, that's what happens in the States, too. And there's a local um, official department, depending on what state you're in, uh, like Fish and Wildlife or Fish and Game Department. And they know which lakes are stocked and which ones aren't. They have they set up the list of how many fish you can take 
uh, if you have a fishing license or whatever. They and, and they, you know, track populations and of of what's in what and all that stuff. It's yeah. not like people don't aren't allowed to like bring a dump truck full of trout and dump it in the lake. How would you even? How would you even do something like that? Anyways, I'm pretty sure that even even like government stocking the lakes, they're not taking dump trucks full of fish and just like you know fucking tilting the thing into the into the body of water. But what if we allowed you know just the regular people to decide what to stock the lake with? They'd end up with all kinds of crazy shit. No, it can't possibly be that serene lakes in the non-swimming section of the lake and just one California, more time man just one more time how do they get the idea that if you put the fish in the water on one side of the lake it couldn't swim to another part of the lake yeah like, that's that's a that's a good fucking question i mean like yeah okay yeah okay we're gonna we're gonna stick the fish we're stocking over here there's no way they're gonna end up coming to the other parts of the lake no, they're, they're, like, what do, what do they think there is? Like, some sort of fucking, like, you know, Invisa fence? Like, they, like people have for their dogs, right? There's no such thing for fish. Okay, I have this strange interpretation, but it came to me while you were talking. What if they mean not stalking fish as in putting fish into the pond? What if they mean stalking, like, sneaking up behind it? Don't stalk well, the fish. Well, I mean, I mean, you wouldn't want, the otters you wouldn't want to be stalking fish that way in the swimming areas to begin with. But what if the what if the otters are also stalking fish? And so, if you're stalking fish and the otters stalking fish, you kind of look to the left, look to the right. Oh, there you are! Fight's about to happen. Sniper duel Swipe. with an otter. Swiper, no swiping. Oh, otter! Don't do that to me. <laughs> Otter, I barely even know her. <laughs> Let me play this out. That's wimpy. Matt wants the otters to be removed. With his attack wounds healing but still visible, he says fish and wildlife can and should do more. They need to mitigate the situation before somebody gets killed. Somebody gets killed! Someone's there gonna... has never... Oh, okay, <laughs> yes. There's been one report of somebody actually dying from an otter attack... Uh, since 2000. Okay, what were the conditions? Do you know? I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm just looking at uh, Book of Knowledge here. Book of Knowledge. Animal welfare groups say, unless threatened, otters rarely attack humans. Hmm. Except then, in, in November 2021, about 20 otters ambushed a British man in his 60s oh, during an early morning walk in Singapore Botanic Gardens. What? Despite weighing over 200 pounds, he was trampled and bitten and could not stand up without help from a nearby rescuer. Oh, wow. That's just, that's terrifying. Yeah. Those are nasty little bastards. Yeah. Fuck otters. <laughs> fuck otters. Oh, man. Let's see. Um, in, in the camping department, I've, there's a story. I don't, I don't want to dwell on this. Uh, Taylor Swift fans camping out five months in Argentina. So they can have the front row seat uh, at the tour. This is ridiculous. I put the uh, the articles from I, Variety. I, I can I can imagine people maybe doing that here. We've been in this tent for five months. Quote a twenty one year old Swifty told Pitchfork. Jeez. On the condition of anonymity, so that her father doesn't find out. Yeah. 
This is stupid. I usually tell my dad I'm at a park drinking mate with somebody or visiting a friend of mine who lives near the stadium. Stupid. Oh, well. It's all part of this crypto promotion for Taylor Swift that's been going on. Uh, I like mentioning mentioning this story only to highlight that the amount of, um, I guess, native ads for this stupid tour is off the charts. There's paid promotions that are, they, they show up not as an ad or a billboard, but as, you know, people who are paid to mention it or talk about it. And yeah, native it just advertising. irritates me. And so I want everyone to notice this and react the way I do, with disgust. When you see her at the football game or whatever, you know that's a paid bit, right? That's a cross-promotion with NFL. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just extremely irritating. Um, yeah, well, I mean, this is also the sort of thing that you're going to find in Variety anyways. Yep. What with, it be, what with it being a media reg to begin with? Yep. But that, so I don't want to dwell on it. I just wanted to get that out there. It's been a chip on my shoulder for a while. Just the 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 amount of bullshit, like pay, paid p- position ads. You know, where it's like, oh, we, we don't want you to. We're not doing an ad. We just want you to kind of buzz market for us. I hate it. Taylor Swift sucks too. Uh, Hot take. I guess. I hope that Darren O'Neill doesn't <laughs> hear you saying that. I don't care. He could go listen to her if he wants, but I don't. I, I'm not impressed. <laughs> It's not God's gift to music for that, uh, for that matter. Anyway, yeah. Um, let's see. So we got the Otter news. We got the Taylor Swift. What do you got? What's your story? Uh, remember how you were mentioning that we had discussed before about the about the uh, the large low shear velocity provinces? Yes, they're back in Thea form. <laughs> okay, I saw this. Uh, just do the presentation. I'll react to it. You know how I feel about this story. Yeah, well, they're saying they're saying like another another article published in Nature. Unfortunately, this one isn't uh, open access. Uh, saying that uh, saying that they have uh, further evidence, possibly proof that those two big uh, provinces under under Africa and the Pacific Ocean are actually chunks of the planetoid Theia whose crashing into Earth formed the moon. Yep. This is the thesis that I've uh, I've bitched about before. What's the new evidence? Uh, the evidence is based on the density of the of the proposed Theia, man- Theia mantle material that makes up these uh, low-velocity provinces. And so, did they measure the density of this of these um, of the material down there, maybe, or infer it from the phase velocity, and then kind of back backward back sure their way into I'm a consi- planet yeah. definition? Or considering considering the depth of these things, I'm pretty sure they inferred it. Uh, I don't think they were going down there themselves <laughs> no. to collect samples for measuring. But what I'm, but it works I'm, out. It works out that the that the uh, ferrous oxide content and density that they've calculated for these areas uh, match what's been observed with the moon. Okay, for the yeah. surface of the moon. I suppose the surface of the moon. 
I'm, but we've actually observed that uh, the moon has a higher ferrous oxide content than, say, the Earth's surface, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's like they're thinking that these that these blobs, uh, the this group that did this uh, research uh, of let's see, Arizona State University, uh, Caltech. I don't don't know where where else these guys are coming from, but the the team that was studying this uh, says that says that the moon uh, is coalescence of the debris from the from the Theia Earth impact, and that the blobs are two big chunks of Theia's mantle that sunk into the Earth. And there's something else to go by is that uh, NASA simulation that was posted on YouTube a year ago demonstrates that at the sizes and velocities of Earth and Theia uh, might as well be modeled as liquids in space rather than solids. And it, it, show, it shows, like, the formation of the moon. I was mentioning before about the moon coalescing from from rings that were created by the collision. Mm -hmm. This supermodel, this supercomputer simulation, not supermodel simulation, is something totally <laughs> that's different. That's a different game. <laughs> yeah, that's a totally different game. <laughs> Download that on my iPhone. Uh, is that more more like the moon was like a big, a big chunk connected by a big string of material, I guess you could say, uh, connecting them. Ooh, xylophones. Yeah. <laughs> what am I why am I listening to xylophones? Sure, because the uh because I forgot to hit mute before I started playing this oh, again. This is kinda cool. It is a big But yeah, it it, it shows like cheese. the it showed like the collision and then big and then there's cheese. like two big chunks. A big piece uh, of cheese. One of yeah. One of which uh collided again with the earth, right? So, so first of all, Mars-sized body and the Earth collapse, right, or hit each other, and this big chunk of debris uh, with a string connected to it forms two bodies, one bigger than the other, the smaller one further out, the bigger one closer in, and that bigger one goes and hits uh, the Earth again and soaks in this time instead of, uh, instead of, like, bursting out. And so it could be it could be figured that the larger of these two bodies from the from the collision debris uh, forms one of those uh, low like low large low velocity shear provinces right low shear velocity provinces the smaller one is the moon. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, what you have is one one of those. One of those LLVPs was from the initial collision, right? And is a big chunk of Theia mantle. And the other one uh, was from the was from the Theia debris uh, cloud, right? Or chunk, chunks. And it came back in, that came back in and uh, struck the Earth a second time and soaked in. The super right? chunk. And, and the moon was the remainder of uh, of Thea. 
All right. This is all going to be in, this is all going to be in the notes. Uh, I I think that as more observations are available, we can make better, more and more tests. Uh, maybe looking for similar properties of the material beyond just the density of it. And you yeah, said, what but else? I what mean, the, if uh, we're if we're gonna if we're gonna really figure if we're gonna really figure things out without just like using mathematical inferences. We're going to need to get Hillary Swank involved. <laughs> is this a core reference? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Just checking. Such a terrible movie and yet still fun to watch. I need to watch it, that. It, there was another subterranean movie that was also um, famously stupid. And I can't remember the name of it. I think it was one of these worst movies ever made kind of movies. Yeah. It well, I mean, the co the core is like... Is like hackers except for the physical sciences, right? It, it's one of those. It's one of those like movies you don't really want to admit you enjoy, and you know is like total fucking bullshit. And yet, and yet you see it's gonna be coming on, right? You grab your fucking popcorn and sit your ass on the couch, and and just shut off your brain and enjoy a couple hours. Yep, I feel that way about uh, Sharknado, personally. Yeah, it's another one of those types. Let's see. Um, except, except that it's more obviously out there. Um, I've got um, Game of the Week we can do. This is a, apparently Giddy. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Uh, two seconds. I have to switch a page on my soundboard to play the Game of the Week stuff. It takes a second. There we go. Air horn, air horn. Oh right, this is game of the week on Rare Encounter. We're gonna have a game every week for the for the future. I can't remember how many I've promised, but I think we, we have to do more. I'll I'll find out. How I think many we're at least to, do. to episode one seventy five. One seventy five. Okay, games of the week till one seventy five, and then of course one seventy five is the biggest episode of Rare Encounter ever. So uh, stay tuned for that. But it is that's off in the the future. Today we're talking about the game of the week. Air horn, air horn, air horn. And the game of the week this week is Telephone. Cold telephone. Acid. Are you aware of Telephone? Yes, I've played Telephone. Do you know how before. to play? Okay, so this is great. We get some Telephone veterans here. All right, so in game of the week, this is how Telephone works for the audience at home. Telephone is a game where what how it's going to work is I'm going to have a secret phrase. And I'm going to whisper it to cold acid just by whispering really quietly. And then he's going to turn and, and continue to whisper down to the other hosts of this podcast <laughs> until we get you? to the end of the line. <laughs> and what happens is as you whisper this message to more and more people, the message gets distorted. And then the last person shouts out the message and we can all hear if it's the same one that went in or not. And it's it's so funny because the message gets so messed up. Um, so there's your, there's the primer. That's how we play. Are you ready to play cold acid? I'm ready. Okay, here we I go. Think. All right, here we go. All right. The secret phrase is the mouse is in the pantry. Okay. Do you want, do you want to hear it again or are you good? I, I'm good. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll whisper it. Mouse is in the pantry. Okay. Okay. I got it. And I'm going to whisper it back to you. House is in the panty. House is in my panties. <laughs> wow, this is getting wild. 
<laughs> All right, one more time. All right, one more time. House is in a panty. House <laughs> is in the pantries. <laughs> okay, I've got it. I'm gonna say the answer. Are you ready? Here's what ready. I think. Here's what I think you told me, and I don't know what what was said earlier. I only know what you told me last. I think you said the mouse is in the pantry. Was that what you told ah! me? game i don't know if we won or lost this game i think the only people who lose are the people who are listening all right yeah, probably let's try round number two you smell nice today you snort rice today snort rice today spar rice today spray mace today spay mice today i got the <laughs> spay <laughs> Spay, I'll say it. Spay mice today. God, yes. This is this is the worst game I've ever done. This is as a fatal flaw. I don't even want to do the last one. Can we get out of here? <laughs> sure. This was I. I wasn't sure what I was expecting. Okay. I had no expectations, so I, it's all good to me. I, Next week, I have the game of the week for next week. <laughs> Do you know what it's going to be? I'll give you a preview. Uh, we did telephone this week, so is it going to be telegraph <laughs> next no. week? It's going to be I Spy with my little eye, so stay tuned for that. Um, all right, so I need to have stuff of all different colors and letters of the alphabet. Yep, yep, yep. You've, you're going to need maybe a set of dolls that you can dress up with mustaches and, and glasses, depending on who's in the room with me. You might have to change some of I don't have any out. dolls, but I do have quite a few Figmas and quite a lot of Nendos. So you, you may have to dress one up as someone who might be with me, so that if I spot them... <laughs> You'd be able to detect the uh, the answer, I think. Is that how I Spy works? I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll figure it out okay. as we go along. All right. In other news, um, on, I'm a fan of Perfect Dark, as you may know. The Nintendo 64 game by Rareware. Uh, it was sort of a spiritual successor for GoldenEye. And uh, Ars Technica reports from earlier this month the that Perfect Dark finally gets a full-featured PC port. It's a decompilation Sweet. project. And, uh, yeah, they put in mouse and keyboard controls, upscaled the graphics and stuff. So this is, um, I guess I'm not going to post this in the chat. That would be kind of hard to do right now. But <laughs> I'll send it to you in the back channel so you can see what I'm looking at. Unless you Do you see my notes in front of me or in front of you? Uh, no, your notes no. are somewhere else. Well, I sent it to the back channel anyway. So the um, bottom line is they have this. They don't want to include any of the, quote, copyrighted material inside this port. So you have to have a ROM of the game that you can couple that somehow you merge that with this uh, this software project that they have. And then you can run it on your computer at 60 fr frames per second and widescreen support. So. Uh, so, do you have to have, like, the N64 cartridge ROM, or do you need, like, the, uh, like, Perfect Dark Zero that was, oh, uh, on... no. 
Not the Xbox. Perfect Dark Zero is a totally different game. That's an Xbox 360. I think it runs on the Unreal Engine or something. It's totally yeah. different. Um, but Perfect Dark Lore gets a kind of weird though i think there was an actual book on the story apparently, once apparently i just looked this up there is an upcoming perfect dark video game what that is going to be a reboot of the series it's going to be on windows and xbox series xs jeez i've not heard this uh they announced it apparently in 2020 i wow we should have known about that i I, we must have mentioned it on the show and I forgot because we've talked about Perfect Darks on the show before. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, so a reboot, you say, does that mean they're, they're going to change her back to a brunette the way it should be? Joanne Dark? I, no, I don't know if they're going to do that. She used to be a brunette and then they changed her to a redhead in Perfect Dark Zero. I'm just letting you all know, bad move. Um, I, 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 I... Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, no, I, I, no. I'm kind of partial to redheads. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. So, um, I don't necessarily see it as a bad move. Hmm. I, I, I could see it as possibly, uh, pandering to my interests. Okay. Well, she did wear right? a, a leather top in the original game. She was a brunette and then she had like leather pants and a leather, <laughs> a leather, uh, kind of sleeveless vest that was unbuttoned. Okay, Halfway. stop. Stop. I can only awesome. get so erect. <laughs> it was a fantastic game. She also had a party dress. And then in one mission, there was like the, the mission where you have the party. And then she gets abducted by aliens. And you know what uniform that she has or what the, the name of the the name of the character model is? It's Catsuit. No, it's it's a ripped party dress. And so when she you have to fight off the aliens, she wears a ripped ripped up party dress. That's all sexily ripped off. Nice. I'm just letting you know. Like you were ripped uh, and I'm, torn I'm need by a bucket Skedar. over here for for all this drool that's starting to starting to come out of my mouth. It wasn't it was like the green uh insect looking aliens. So I don't know if that's going to do it for you, but No, just just Joanna Dirk in a ripped up dress. Yeah, that was in the is, original. That, in, that does it for me. Nintendo 64 rated M for mature. So decompilation project, they're saying. So what's the chances of of the code for this uh, also working with GoldenEye? Because that was such a fucking great game on the N64. So apparently there's a parallel effort to decompile GoldenEye. Sweet. With uh, not as much success. And according to the Ars Technica article, which I'm reading from, uh, they've also had Super Mario 64 decompilation projects that apparently have worked. And Yeah, I know about the, the Super Mario 64 decompilation. There's also an Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. Uh, Ocar- Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina. You say Ocarina, I say Ocarina. What, what is an Ocarina? It's like a... It's like a flute it's like, thing. Uh, it's like a it's like a musical whale or something. It looks like um, it looks like uh, like fingerless gloves that have crystallized. Maybe they've. <laughs> it's like a fingerless glove you jerked off into, and it turned hard, and then now when you blow into it, it makes music. That's what I think it is. Okay, I'm not joking. That's really kind of what it. Well, I guess it does look like. That's a what fingerless a, that's glove. what an ocarina looks like to you, huh? Well, yeah, because it's got five holes, I think. 
But an orc arena, an orc I arena. think, should look like a musical whale. <laughs> okay, I'm getting it now. Orc arena. Yeah. I took you long enough. The song of the sea. What? Yeah. What, how's that go? Isn't that isn't that like the the thing from the like the message from the aliens in Close Encounters? Yeah, what do you think whales are? The song of the sea. Oh yeah, um, that's that's true. Aliens. Whales whales communicated with that probe, right? So yeah, I suppose. Yeah, Viger. Well, no, it wasn't Viger. It was no, the it other wasn't Viger. Viger was it was, was, it was that giant movie. it was that giant metal uh, soup can with the ball. The <laughs> soup can with the ball from the Voyage Home, right? Yeah. I don't remember what the thing looked like. All I remember is getting the whales in the tank and Spock with it the was a, It was a big, long cylinder, and it had a hatch that opened up, and a ball came out <laughs> connected to it by, like, glowing. Oh, yeah, it looked like Rama. It was yeah. the Rama ripoff. <laughs> Did you ever read those? Rendezvous with Rama? No, I, I haven't. Those are some pretty good books. I should. They get, I should, but they, I haven't bothered. It starts off like, oh, it's the mission, and they're going to figure out what's going on with Rama. And then there's Rama 2, which is a little bit weird. But then if you keep reading, like, in the series, they get just, there's like, oh, well, now we're people who live on Rama, and, it, and we get abducted, and, you know, some of it just turns into incestuous lesbians. It's what? fucking weird, dude. In space. Arthur C. Clarke, what the fuck, man? He wrote some weird shit, like with alien sex in it, too. And he co-wrote it, actually. I should take that back. He co-wrote yeah. uh, some of these books with the... Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he, he was another author who he worked with. Anyway, moving on. Um, moving on. Moving on. We got some podcasts. Um, I have a, yeah. I have a uh, disclaimer. I'm not sure I have the right episode names, but I'm just going to read them off as they're written down. Um, uh, Hog Story had episode 376 on Monday. Log my log. Um, Behind the schemes with Boobery and Lavish at episode 171. Might be dying. That's D Y E I N. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Grumpy old Ben's apparently had an episode Wednesday. Did you hear it? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, um, yeah, earlier, apparently, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I'm reading it. It says ep episode 237, penis printer. We'll see. Uh, angry tech news. I see episode 80, but no name. I don't know what that is. Maybe the name is yeah, just so, so what I was hearing, string. what I was hearing uh, last week is that until further notice, uh, Grumpy Old Ben's isn't doing uh, live recordings because of Bemrose's new job. Hmm. That's weird. I have this this episode title here. Wonder where that came from. Um and then Dad, I was listening to Dad's anime podcast earlier yeah. uh earlier this week and I it just makes I have to get back into anime. I've got to listen to something. You do. Watch you something. do. And speaking speaking of which, I might be I might be going on their show around the holiday season. Hmm. That'd be good. Spread yeah. the love. Are you going to talk about and the the winter season or something like that? Probably, probably. I don't yeah. have anything in particular to bring up, but we'll we'll see how this how this season turns out. What with uh, my little autist can't be this magical. <laughs> I'm going to do a anime special, but it won't be for Rare Encounter. It's actually going to be with Abs in a six pack. 
coming up. Oh, when are you doing that? Uh, the break after Thanksgiving. So American Thanksgiving is the 23rd, Thursday, and uh, Black Friday is the 24th, and it's going to be part of that weekend. It's It might be Black Friday or, or one of those weekend days. Not sure, but... We're going to do it. Finally, this is going to be the Pokemon episode of Abs in a Six-Pack. We've been threatening to do for like a year and a half, maybe two years. So, Meanwhile, meanwhile, the next episode of uh, Dad's Anime Podcast is going to be is going to be full of sonic autism. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, well, they I mean, they record they record on Monday nights. Can, can I and say so? And they take a while before they actually post the episodes. So it's usually it's usually somewhere between five and seven days before an episode actually shows up. But based on Cool Boy Mew this weekend, he was going on with uh, with Sonic stuff, and uh, and so I know that's going to be that's going to be involved uh, with the with the episode. I was actually I was actually invited on the weekend if I wanted to be part of the episode, but I mean. Uh, Recording at ten at night, uh, when I have to when I have to work the next day, right mm. for for a two hour show, right? It is that doesn't really work out too well. Yeah. Oh well. But yeah, there's there's so yeah so we're gonna catch we're gonna catch about uh, Sonic Superstars and probably some general Sonic autism and uh, of course the end of uh, Attack on Titan. Oh yeah. Because the because season the final season part three the two episodes of it dropped this weekend. Yep. The um, is it the same ending as the manga, or are they doing some different I, bullshit? Game? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same. Okay, just checking. It's in. the same bullshit. I think after and so and so six yeah, or seven I, episodes. I expect I expect when I actually listen to when I listen to the recording because. Because you know, Dad shares with us the uh, the secret link, right? Yes. Although I don't know if you've ever used it. I have looked at uh, it. I, 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 I expect it. it. I expect to hear like some pissed offness about it because that really was a stupid fucking ending <laughs> for uh, for Attack on Titan. Man, as far as just to get back to the Sonic Autism, uh, I'm a fan of that uh, in general. Uh, I like. Uh, you know, people who like Big the Cat a little bit too much. I'm a fan of this. Okay, or this, you know, you know, the biggest source of Sonic autism isn't even uh, isn't even what's its name, Amy Rose. It's uh, it's Sega themselves. Okay, uh, I, I, I have, have to, to pull this up. This. But there was the, there was this thread. There was a thread uh, on on the Fetty that uh, that was like discussing that was discussing this and like the sort of the sort of shit that uh sega would make you go through if you were producing anything that involves sonic the hedgehog this is like sonic team um the clearance letter you need to get for for your sonic team uh thing if you're gonna make it yeah you want the license you need the clearance letter from sonic team or if you or if you even just want to have like a crossover right okay <laughs> what kind of like crossover? They are, they are autistic. Jeez. Imagine if Sonic the Hedgehog showed up in Bluey. That <laughs> I don't be, want to. That would be a crossover. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. 
Um, <laughs> I think we might call it early tonight. I don't know. I've got real... Yeah, uh, we don't... We don't... If we if we keep going on, we're just going to we're just going to get stupider and stupider. Yeah, I've got a semi political thing. I, I want to just mention this, and I don't want to get too deep into it. But RealPage is a piece of software that's been in the news, and it was another Ars Technica story. Um, it's a I don't know how de- it gets it gets political if we talk about it too much. But I wanted to mention the basic thesis. It's that it's a piece of software that will help landlords price their apartments properly, quote unquote, properly. Uh-oh. And what it does for real is it gets everyone on the on their service and then instructs everyone to use the same price. So it's basically a fight price fixing product by proxy. So instead of colluding, you know, you don't have to get the 10 landlords in town who own the big um, complexes to, or if there's even that many, to collude with each other. You can all just, everyone can be included in the collusion, even small landlords, just by using this service. And, you know, you get to set non-competitive pricing and guarantee no one will undercut you. They were trying to get Wonderful. people. Yeah, they want people to enter agreements with property management to make sure that they never go underneath what the software uh, software claims. And so the the whole point is to cause the prices of rentals to go up. So yeah, I can totally see this being like ruled as as like something illegal. Yep. And uh, yeah, the the story's there if you want to dig into it. It's all in DC. I, so. I don't want to dig into it. It's just gonna. It's just gonna make me pissed off. It's a nice. Tr- it's it's good to recognize this as a general trend. The idea that we took something that was you know clear corruption or even stuff stuff like racketeering, you know, but instead of doing it as an individual criminal organization, we have sort of a software service yeah, that lets you engage in. Of, in a, yeah, instead of some dudes. Uh, getting together around plates of spaghetti, right? Yep. It's now the software that does it for them. And so all these sort of collusion, um, illegal activity, uh, if you can get a third party involved to do it for you, then you're not doing anything wrong, I think is, is the, the thought. So we'll see how these kinds of schemes play out, but, uh, other also, um, Sam Bankman freed, maybe we should talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Guilty. Guilty. Crypto creep found guilty. That was what Drudge Report wrote. So, yeah, okay, nice. Sure. Yep. All right. I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah. Let's get the uh, outro music playing. Uh, I might notice. short episode, but you know what? I think I think these, like, you know, oh. 45 minutes to an hour or 45 to 115, that's a fucking sweet range. Until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she lay down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she lay down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?